Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves. And welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Now, I know y'all know we go through this every show because my daddy does the same expression every time I say, hello. Hello, my loves. Look, look, every time. I like doing that because that is my uh, uh, contribution to Miss Sally from Romper Rum. And, and, and then I found out there was more than one Miss Sally. Okay, so that just shut me down right there. I thought that was the only Miss Sally ever. So for all the Miss Sallys out there, hello. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> How you doing, Mama? I am doing amazing, baby. How you doing? Super fantastic. Why are you so super fantastic? Hey, we get another day, and we are here with fabulous Miss Queen Cookie and Mr. Dennis today. Yes, y'all say Hello. Hello. Hello out there. <laughs> I'm not fooling with you. Okay, look, they calling already, Daddy. Okay, yeah. what is the show about today? Do you have someone to talk to? Do you have someone to talk to? Yes. And can I tell them how we came up with this show? Sure. So yesterday, Queen Cookie, I call her Mama. I call her a lot of different things, okay? So just know today, whatever name I call, I'm talking about Queen Cookie. So yesterday, uh, she came over. We went to pole dancing class. Yes. Now, this woman is 68 years old. And when I tell you, we had to, you know, take some of our things off in the classroom. And it's a private class, okay? It was me, Queen Cookie, Tommy, Dwight, and Joe, who was the instructor. So I have on, of course, my pole attire. You know, Daddy, because I ain't going to do it unless I can do it right. Right, right. right. So I got on the pole attire. Well, Mama didn't have on pole attire. So she said, well, my drawers look like what you got on. So can I dance in my drawers? I said, if you don't pull your pants up. If you don't pull your damn pants up. Pull them. But what I loved about it was at 68 years old, you still have all of that life. Yes. And still so vibrant and so excited about living. And she said, baby, this was on my bucket list to come to a pole dance and dance and we had a great time so then we went back to the house and we had some lunch yes and she and I were sitting at the table and we started talking about relationships yes may it be with our spouses our children and we both have sons she has an older son mm-hmm. Stan 47 47 and I have an older son Shalon mm-hmm. 27 mm-hmm. And we both had a conversation that was so open and honest because I knew that when Shalom was a little boy, he didn't get the best of me. Mm -mm. And what did you say at that table? And I said, my son didn't get the best of me either because I worked. I was a single mom and I really didn't have time to put my all into him. And it changed the relationship early on, Mm -hmm. early on. And we still struggle to this day. Do you think it would have been different had you had somebody to talk to? Yes. Had I had a, uh, his father in his life to talk to, it would have taken some of the burden off of me. But I was trying to do all this on my own, and it was a struggle. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I feel, and it tries to creep on me even to this day, that I failed as a mother because I don't have that relationship that I think I should have with my son. But it's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I can't change nobody but the queen. 
Come on. Can't change nobody but the queen. Now, I wish y'all could see her face right now because she got that black woman face like shit. Now, you know. James, can you hear Queen Cookie well? Because someone was saying that they couldn't hear that well. Uh, well, on the mic I can, but not, not on the. Oh, on, okay, in the room. Gotcha. In the room. That's right. You know, when you say, do you have someone to talk to? And I know for me, when it came to Shalon, mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to talk to mm-hmm. because I didn't even think to share it because I gave him what I saw. So at the time, I didn't think that there was anything wrong. I gave him what I was given. You have shelter. You have clothes. You have food. Mm-hmm. The read a bedtime story, listen, ain't nobody got time for no goddamn bedtime stories. I'm mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. I'm out here trying to get it. I'm grinding. And I was also a very young person. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know how to communicate. I didn't even know how to say, and, and I know this is getting ready to sound fucked up to some people, but I didn't know how to say, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. 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 At the time, I was 20 years old, mm-hmm. and I had a husband and a baby, and I wasn't interested. But I didn't know how to say that out loud. I didn't know how to communicate out loud because I thought that, am I a bad person? Oh, I got you. Am I a bad mother? Am, am I? Because I just didn't have anyone that I felt comfortable enough to say that to. So today's show is, do you have someone to talk to? And both of our husbands are sitting right next to us. And, and just for the record, that's not how we ended up talking about this. It's not that no. shit. I go off. We we we. It, it was kind of reiterated and reconfirmed with your experience, and even with Mr. Dennis and I yesterday when he was talking in reference to relationships, and it's important to be able to have a discussion with your spouse. But how we originally got in the position to talk about it was Robin and I were discussing the ladies who were afraid to come out in reference to. Harvey Weinstein and, you know, all of these sexual harassment charges and things that you're hearing. And you wonder, do these people have anyone to talk to? And Robin started laughing because she says, Monique and I talk each other off the ledge every, you know, so many mornings about different things that happen. And I was like, you know what, that we, we should have a discussion in reference to it. Uh, uh, can you do you have someone to talk to? And then. You get the confirmation of that based upon your conversation with Queen Cookie mm-hmm. and my conversation with Mr. Dennis. And here we are. Here we are. Do you have someone to talk to? You know, and I, I think oftentimes, because we've been taught, keep the house business in the house. Mm-hmm. So you're even too afraid to go outside and say, this is a conversation that I need to have. You keep your business in the house. And I think... For me, I didn't have someone to talk to for so long. I didn't know how to talk when it was time to talk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to communicate it. And for years, with Sid and I, I didn't know how to say, I'm mad. I want you to see I'm mad as shit, but I ain't going to say I'm mad as shit. And I want you to figure out that I'm mad as shit. And when you say something to me, what's wrong? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. And the only way I knew how to talk was to be angry. Mm. Like, I didn't know how to say, you know what, can we please sit down because I'm really dealing with something. I only knew how to be mad. Mr. Dunsky, if you'd be so kind to share your perspective on, uh, you know, the benefits of being able to talk to someone, especially even if it's your mate. First of all, let me say this here. When you were speaking there, Miss Monique, what came to my mind was the experience that I had in my life for years I was suffering in silence because I was afraid that other people would look down on me if I really told them what was going on in my life. I was, um, well, I'll just put it out there the way it was. Before I married my beautiful bride, Miss Queen Cookie, uh, 37 years, 10 months, and 14 hours ago, <laughs> I was married to a, another lady, and uh, I had two children with her. And um, I didn't want to be in that relationship, and I didn't know how to get out of it. 
So therefore, I did some things outside the marriage vows, this, that, and the other. I'm not going to bore y'all with all the details. But I felt like a dog for 13 and a half years. I wouldn't even discuss it because I, um, I was ashamed. And uh, so when you were saying what you were saying, suffering in silence. But what I have learned now is this young lady sitting to the left of me right now, I can honestly say that we are a team. Nobody comes before my spouse. And I can say to her a lot of things that I wouldn't have said to her 20, 30 years ago, <laughs> okay, just being honest. And uh, what I have in my life today is uh, my beautiful bride, but I also have good friends outside my relationship because sometimes only men can talk to other men about things. Me and Mr. Sid were talking about a few things yesterday that only men could talk about, okay? But that's not to take anything away from uh, the queen here. <laughs> we're on much better terms today, and if we had time, one day you guys ought to do this thing about this intimate circle between a husband and wife. I know we're not really on that today, but uh, that is, uh, I'll just try to wrap it up by saying this. Nobody, nobody humanly comes before my wife. Children, mama, daddy, uh, grandkids, outlaws, in-laws, all of them. They can, well, this is y'all's show. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. <laughs> oh, baby, we're talking about it. Do you have somebody to talk to? Let's go to the lines and see what y'all saying. Hey, my baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hi, aunties and uncles. Hey. Your favorite, one of your favorite nieces, Isra. You better kick it off today. Get it. <laughs> well, I was listening to the show as usual, and I was thinking about my mother and how I was brought up in a household where we didn't say I love you. Mm -hmm. we, that was taboo to say those words. I don't know why, but we just, we just couldn't say it. Even if you... But I was, I was, I was different. I had a lot of Spanish friends who hugged and kissed and say, you know, and, and just, and just, and just say, I love you all the time, English and Spanish, you know, but my mother and father couldn't do that. So when I would run to them and go, I love you, they would go, mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand why they couldn't ever say it, but they would say it like this. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't do so-and-so. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't have this and that for you. If I didn't love you, you wouldn't have clothes on your back. But that wasn't saying I love you. That was saying if I didn't love you. So to me, you still didn't say it. So I grew up not hearing those words and being and keeping my emotions in for the most part. And Peaches, you know, my wife has talked me off many alleges. You know, and I understand how, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting over the flu, how um, aunties, you and Auntie Robin have been, you know, talk every day. That is very important. Mm -hmm. My mother never talked about her business. We didn't know that my father was cheating on her and that I have a brother who's only a year younger than me. I'm the last out of eight children. And his best friend's wife is who he left my mother for, divorced her without her knowing it, and married his his best friend's wife, you know, but they already had a child together. I was 14 when when he divorced her, so I understand not speaking, and I never knew. I couldn't stand that woman. She was always just so into her own world, and I couldn't figure out what was going on with her. It wasn't until I was in my 40s that I found out that this man had cheated on her, had a child, and she knew the whole time, but she just kept it in. And when I got into my own relationship with Peaches, I was so used to being abused and beaten on that I kept waiting for her to hit me, and she wouldn't do it. That other proverbial shoe would not drop, so I kicked it, and I kept trying to force her to hit me. I would throw things. I would start an argument. I would well, go ahead and hit me. Just get it over with. And in my mind, loving me is hitting me. Mm. So I kept waiting for it and waiting for it, you know, I was molested. I was sexually violated. I was sexually harassed. I had no one to talk to about it. I was molested when I was eight years old. I had no one to speak to about it. My mother just said, well, we don't talk about those things. And my father told me that I was a slut. I didn't even know what the word slut meant, let alone what just happened to me. And it was happening for a whole year. And 
to this day. No one, you know, I've there's been so many things in my life that have been on the we should have, could have, would have, but we didn't scale, including the fact that I have yet to cry over my mother dying six years ago. And I took care of her with peaches and one sister, one out of seven out of seven children living. My sister Nikki and my and my wife Peaches were the only two that was there for me taking care of mommy. And I just I couldn't I still haven't cried over it. So I know I have to let that go. I have someone to talk to, which is Peaches. What's the greatest thing That's, you would say that has transpired for for you since your awareness that you could actually s- talk to Peaches or have that person to really um, share your thoughts with? That I can get it out, that I can breathe. I wasn't breathing before, Uncle. I wasn't living. I was I was existing, but I wasn't living, and I, I was barely surviving. I was angry all the time. If you angered me, I wouldn't just say, man, you get me sick. I would say, I hate you. Kill yourself. I wish you would die. I mean, I was really, really to that degree where I was, I was narcissistic. I didn't care if you lived or died. I just, you know, it, I was, I was, and it took me. I had to come back from that. And it took her to snatch me back. I hated my father for decades. And Peaches said, your father's coming to your sister's house. We're going over there. I don't want to see that man. I haven't seen that man since I was 14 years old. No, no, 21. She said, you're going. And I went, and it was good to see him. He had Alzheimer's. He didn't know who I was. This is the man that made me take secretarial classes because he said girls can't be anything else. But when he left my mother, I went into, I, I did wood shop, metal shop, and became an electrician just like he was. You know what kind and of show I, we have to do, Isra? And I think that this is becoming a feeling of that, thanking the people that we found that we could talk to. Because yes. when you speak about peaches, and I hear you speak now, you speak very openly you speak with no um, no guard. You speak with, I'm going to get it all out. And whether you know it or not, there are people that can hear your voice. And they hear your bravery. And they hear you saying oh. some of the things that you never thought you would say aloud. That's why I say, baby, keep listening. Keep calling. Because Monique and Sydney Open Relationship, we appreciate every time Israel calls in. Because you keep getting oh. more and more open with your feelings, with what you're saying, with no apology. We appreciate it. Don't have me crying up in here. Arthur. We ain't going to do it, baby. We love you, mama. <laughs> and that that is something that's very important in reference to having that individual you can speak to because sometimes when you have that individual that you trust their opinion, they trust yours, it allows you to be more confident when you're discussing things that you would normally keep private because you bounced it off someone, there was a level of reason behind your rationale. Now you're comfortable communicating your thoughts to others. And oftentimes what keeps us from um, being open with one another is our fear of the scrutiny that that we're going to get. But when we become comfortable with the fact that it's all right that folks don't agree with me. I'm in agreement with myself, but I'm also in agreement with this partner that I can bounce this off. And if it works for, especially when it's your household, if it works for my wife, if it works for my husband, if it works for my mate, then we win it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Open Relationship with Monique and Sydney Hicks. You want to go to the line, baby? Let's do it. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you calling from? Peace. My name is um, Queen J. Shy. How are you? Hey, Queen J. Shy. We're wonderful, sister. Hey, hey. Uh, hi. You can't hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Um, peace, and thank y'all so much for this topic. This is something that's um, really, and, and I'm sorry to answer your question. I'm calling from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that's 
very heavy in our community, not being able to speak about things that we need to speak about. And so I'm so grateful that you're actually um, bringing it up because it's, it's a lot going on for everybody that somebody needs somebody to talk to. And it's so hard to find somebody to talk to because everybody needs to be heard. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's for me personally, I can only speak on myself. It's something I'm dealing with right now. I've been dealing with um, depression ever since I was about seven years old. I started getting molested by my cousin at seven years old and it happened for a couple of years and a lot of abuse goes on and things like that in in the black community that we don't we can't talk about like I I remember telling my mom about it she was like ignored it you know what I mean and then brought it up again and she was like he said he didn't do it don't bring it up no more brought it up again and then I started catching switches and things like that so it was like okay can't talk about that and that transpired because of the divorce and it was like well you know don't tell what's going on in my house you know what I mean because of divorce and things like that so it was like I, I had nobody to go to and then you find when you do go through what I went through and you don't have anybody to talk to with family you make you try to make family out of people mm-hmm. but they're really not family so then when you try to talk to them and y'all fall out or whatever then they throw stuff in your face or they spread your business you know what I mean I went through that and then I got molested from seven a few years and then before I was 21 I got raped twice I got raped on my 21st birthday that was the second time and I'm married now and separated I because my husband and I we can't talk I got issues that I can't talk about with him. He has issues that he can't talk about with me. Like, it's it's hard because everybody is dealing with so much and everybody wants to be heard that there are no ears available. Th- that makes sense. Here's the greatest part about it, though. You're available. Mm. So if you don't have someone on the outside of you to talk to, sometimes you got to talk to yourself. And there's a level of understanding that people don't have and appreciate for self-talks because you may have to talk yourself off of that ledge because you came into this universe alone, you're going to leave it alone. You could be in a car full of people as you go to your demise, which hopefully nothing like that would ever happen. However, you're still going to go to your space and they're going to go to theirs. So, during the course of your years, the best thing that you can do when you feel like you can't talk to someone else, you have to talk to yourself. Mm. And you have to tell yourself that you believe in you because if you're not whole when you meet someone else, it's still a half even though you two are together. Mm-hmm. And one of the most f- empowering things to have go your way is the willingness not to... Uh, um, welcome uh, the heartache but appreciate it and embrace it because though you've been molested, though you've been raped, you still got time left. You still are here. And don't let these moments destroy your life. Uh, We were talking to our children recently in reference to sports and we were using the analogy of you can have a million great plays, but they're going to only add up to a few seconds in the grand scheme of things in which you must keep your focus. The majority of the time, the rest of the game is playing, but we were talking about baseball. There are only a few key moments in the game. Same with your life. These are the Mm -hmm. things, they're moments in your life that you will always remember, whether it's positive or negative. Do not let the negative moments in your life take over the rest of the time that you have because those moments were just that and you have more to live. So if you can muster up the courage, which I know you can, to free yourself up to be able to embrace the difficulties, the challenges, because to some degree, though not physically, socially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, 
we run into rape victims all the time. There's no one that we'll run into that can't say they've not been raped emotionally, if not physically, if not socially, if not of the respect that they were supposed to get at a given moment. But if you can still be strong enough to say, but you know what? That's okay. I'm still here, despite the fact that that happened to me, and there must be a reason. And if I can proceed with an optimistic attitude, that person, they waiting for me. You've tried to talk to these folks. They didn't realize how good of a friend that they would have had in you, but all you're doing is practicing for the real friend that you're going to meet. So don't stop practicing. Mm. Thank you, my sweet baby. Thank y'all so, so very much. I love both of y'all to pieces. We, we love, love you, you baby, and we love you to life and whole. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I keep hearing a lot of underlying molested or raped, molested or raped, molested or raped. Mm-hmm. And we hear that a lot. And, Queen, I know you're still listening, and I want to say this to the sisters and the brothers that's been molested. And these are the conversations that when we say, do you have somebody to talk to? Because for years, I wanted to blame my behavior on molestation. Every decision I made, every man I laid down with, every I justified it with, this is what my brother did to me, and I can justify every man I gave my body to. I can justify all my anger. I can justify my attitude because this is what my brother Gerald did to me. And there was no one that was willing to say, time out, until one day my husband had to sit me down. And he said, listen, when is that going to stop being your excuse? When is that going to stop being your excuse? That happened when you were a little girl. Now you're a grown woman making these choices and decisions, and you want to put it off to some what happened when, back then. He said, Monique, don't let that be the crutch for the rest of your life. And everybody else other than Sydney, every conversation was, oh, I understand. Oh, baby, I know that's something to deal with. And I'm not blaming them because it, we've only been known, take that goddamn misery. Take it and you eat it for the rest of your life and you walk down misery lane and you keep on fucking up and you keep on saying because of what my brother did. So when I hear it in my sister's voices, please, mama, go ahead. Somebody told me one time we can become addicted to our story Mm -hmm. and it keeps us stuck because we tell that same story over and over and over again because we want people to sympathize with that story. Mm -hmm. But it keeps us stuck, and we can't move on from that story. Mm -hmm. So even things in my life, I have to stop telling that same story because after a while people get tired of hearing that your brother molested you or that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever's going on in my life happened in my life. We have to let that story go so we can move on from it. So and, we can start loving again. And and there's a level of balance to that in a sense where you empathize with your partner who's yes. telling you their story, but you in your understanding because uh, we, we as men and Mr. Dennis and I were having a conversation the other day have heard enough times that there comes a point, especially as it pertains to women, where your job is just to sit and listen. It is not to give any advice. It is not to solve the problem because we as men, this is what, if we just sit around and complain, that's a problem, okay? But when you're a woman, you are allotted the right (laughs) to just bitch without any thought of solving it. And when you know this, as Mr. Dennis so eloquently stated yesterday and I agreed, you, you know it. And then you sit those out. But then there's those times when you have to pick your moments and you say, I think this is an opportune time to tell you that you might not want to keep going down this road. Because, again, it's easy to tell someone about not being concerned about being molested, but they'll say, well, you haven't been molested. And then I can say, well, I have because my grandfather, my father's father touched me inappropriately. But I guess I'm a weirdo in the sense that I reflected on it. I'm like, but he was an old man. 
and I was a young child, and I didn't know what was going on, but he did. So what I'm not going to be is fucked up because this old man took advantage of a little boy because I know who I am. I know what the moment was in retrospect, and I'm strong enough to accept what it is and move forward and not be affected by it. And the people that we encounter when we give them the credit or the encouragement and or the understanding that so are they, so are they, we're surprised as to what happens. Wow. This is heavy and this is deep. Let me try to maybe give another perspective in this regard. The reason to stop suffering in silence, share those deep, dark secrets that have been holding you back, a great benefit of that is this. It relieves your stress. Mm -hmm. Stress will kill you. And if you think I'm joking or you think I'm not being serious— you get over 40 years old <laughs> and you start bleeding from some parts of your body that you normally don't bleed from, and I'm not saying to you that it's not a medical condition. You should, you should go to the doctor and get it checked out. But a lot of us, what do we do? We sit there and we worry and we try to pray it away. Hey, a lot of times, not all times, a lot of times it's the stress that you're dealing with, okay? For the young lady that called in earlier, uh, uh, just a suggestion, because I don't try to tell people what to do. That's what my queen does, okay, with me. <laughs> Have you ever tried journaling? Big word for write shit down, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I usually don't cuss much, but I was in the Navy for over six years. But uh, write things down on a daily basis, how you're feeling about things or whatever, and then it helps you to take it from the inside and put it on the outside. That's what I'm talking about to relieve your stress. We're talking about it, my loves. Do you have someone to talk to? 404-832-2963. Let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hey, this is Miss Roddy, and I'm calling from Dallas. Hey, Miss Roddy. Hey, hey. How y'all doing? Good, Good baby. Hey. I just wanted to um, tell you, um, I confronted my dad about um, molesting me, and it made a difference in my life. Um, but what I never did talk about to my um, late husband were the details of what my father did, because I never wanted him to look at me when he kissed me and see, oh, her father kissed her. So mm -hmm. even though he knew about it, he never knew the details. Mm hmm and uh, but my conversation with my father is so much better. My life is so much better. I was very promiscuous as a, a teenager, and I just felt like having um, these situations and sex was going to just make me closer to the people, which was really the closeness I wanted my father—a pure closeness, not a you know, not a molestation type closeness with my dad. I wanted him to really be my dad, mm -hmm. and so I was looking for it in these people. Until I confronted my dad. And once I confronted my dad, I stopped being like that. I stopped wanting people to touch on me any kind of way and any, any time of day. So for me, I think for some of the people who've been molested, you really got to kind of confront it in order to conquer it. Dead is. Thank you, my baby. We love you, sis. Right. Here's why I absolutely appreciate Monique and Sydney's open relationship. Because you hear people calling in, releasing themselves. Because it's not a place of judgment. It's not a place of books. It's not a place of we stamping God on it. We're talking just from love and from the heart. And, you know, I hear some people saying, I hear you talking about therapy, but oftentimes in the black community, that's not something that we even consider. Well, there's a couple reasons why. <laughs> Because we never wanted to be considered crazy. And if you knew somebody crazy, you'd be like, oh, girl, bitch, that bitch Brenda crazy as hell. Don't nobody say nothing to her. But we tell Brenda, take two Tylenols and drink a Pepsi and go lay down. So we walk around with all of this pain in our communities. And then some people say, Monique, I can't afford to pay no bitch $300 an hour to tell her what I'm feeling. And I make a joke out of it on the stage, but I'm dead serious when I say, find you a bitch on the bus stop. 
Go to these nursing homes. Let me tell y'all something. Some of the best words I've gotten was from older sisters who've been there, done that, understood it, and could look at me in my young girl eyes and say, before you go down that road, let me have a conversation with you. That's why, for me, I gravitate to older women because I realize I don't know it all. And I don't want to fuck up this second chance. I don't want to mess it up. So there are times that I will go to those nursing homes. And I'll sit with a woman. She don't know me and I don't know her, but we just get to talking. And she start pouring into my spirit. I remember one time I called Queen Cookie. I was showing off. I was showing off. And I was just being <laughs> bad. And I called her up. This why I fucks with her, y'all. Because she get real woman with me. Then she go back to the motherly shit. So I'm just saying my smart shit on the phone. She said, hey, hey, hey. Don't you fuck up something great to get something good. And it made me stop complaining in that moment. And I was complaining about some shit that I was wrong about. I just needed somebody on my goddamn side. And I've seen a difference in you since I've told you that. Listen. I've seen a difference. That complaining don't happen Mm -hmm. no more because Mm -hmm. those words right there don't fuck up something great to get something good. And I'm complaining probably, but I can't remember what I was complaining about. Some bullshit. But it's those words, and it's coming from a woman that's 68 years old that's saying to me, baby, listen, don't you send your household through unnecessary bullshit. I've been there and done that. So let's be unafraid, especially for us women. Mm-hmm. As my daddy say, there are some things, and Mr. Dennis say, there are some things that only men can talk about. I respect that. But our men know there are some things that only women can talk about because it's going to take another woman to understand the woman shit that you're trying to say. So be unafraid to open up. And people say, well, that's my business. What the fuck is business? I mean, it is that person's right to keep it to themselves if they're comfortable keeping it to themselves. It's just when you need to share it and you're keeping it to yourself. Because there's some things that you feel like, I'm comfortable with keeping that to myself. I don't need to say it. Then, Then you should keep it to yourself. But if you feel the need to talk, and you're not willing to do it because you're afraid of being judged, look at who you're afraid of being judged by. And that will allow you to speak confidently (laughs) because you then say the individuals that you are concerned about, two, just like you, have expiration dates. They're not going to defy the laws of life, death, gravity, things of that nature. They're just like you. So if you like peanut butter and bananas, but you're afraid to eat that in front of people, I'm like, you know, you know, we know black people that are like, I won't eat no banana in front of nobody white. Yes. <laughs> I will not eat a banana in front of somebody white. Why not? Because they're not going to be looking at me like I'm some sort of monkey. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait a minute. How did you get that from a banana? How? This why we messed up. Okay. You think that shit is funny. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Funny. Yeah, it's funny. Right. Okay. So you just be like, but wait a minute. White people eat bananas too. But I know, but they tease us about being gorillas. Here's the thing. If there are those that would do that because you're eating your banana, go ahead and you eat your banana. And if they get a kick out of making fun of you, so what? What, 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 what happens now that they've made fun of you? What happens? What happens? Nothing. And the moment we start realizing that the people that are going to ridicule us, regardless of what we do, are going to be there anyway, even more reason to be you. Come on, y'all. We are talking about it today. (laughs) Do you have someone to talk to? Do you have someone to talk to? 404-832-2963. Let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hey, Monique and Sydney. It's Gene, your farmer's market friend. Hey, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Good, Good. baby. 
I just want to tell you, Sid, I'm so grateful that you just mentioned that comment about judgment because I typed a, a post in um, a comment in there. But, you know, I think the biggest issue is that we judge ourselves so hard because of the fear of other people judging us a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, just the whole judgmental attitude of our people, we really have to address that because because of judgment, I feel so many people have suppressed emotions from the fear of it or even just from the fact of them judging themselves. But like even for your situation when you were saying people don't under uh, for both of you all situation, children when they go through that type of trauma, they don't understand why that happens. So some children that creates a psychological trauma that is long lasting throughout their life. So just the judgment, we have to really work on that as a community. And I just wanted to say my only other comment that I want to say is we really have to start really addressing this uh, sexual trauma or deviance that we have in the community, because this is something that you hear. You know, is, is I know I do a lot of ancestry. A lot of people have incest going on in their family. Like, there's just so many things, and there's so many wounds, sexual trauma wounds, that we as a people need to heal, because this has been going on for too long. Um, the over-sexualization, and it's just too many children been affected by this, and it's been going on for too, 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 too long. I don't, I, I hate when people just act like it's just human nature, and it's sad to feel like that that is, that, that children can't have innocence. But, you know, we really have to work on that as a people and being able to talk about that and not just people for us so that's that's i wanted y'all to talk a little bit about that you know we sure will jane and i love you baby thanks for I calling i love you too <laughs> all right i'll see you in the vegetable aisle <laughs> <laughs> all right baby you know i this show is so important because just simply saying do you have someone to talk to and there's so many of us that simply don't have someone to talk to and I see some of the comments in the room and people are saying, you know, just trust in the Lord and talk to God. And I would ask the people that says that, is that your solution? Do you find a solution when you do that? And if you do, then keep doing that. For me, I got to talk out loud. And I got to talk to people that when I look in their eyes and they look back at me, we feel in each other and what we're saying because that's the healing part. Like, that's the healing part. Y'all, I've said some things to my husband that I thought I would take to my grave. I thought that I would die with those thoughts and those secrets and those whatever it was. I thought that I would take it with me and never share it with anyone. And I remember the night that the universe said, just pour it out. Tell them everything. Oh, sisters, y'all don't even understand that night. That night saved my life because I was able to say, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did that one, I did that one, I did both of them. I did. It was so freeing in that moment because I thought that I would never be able to share it. But to be able to sit down in that closet that night and say, because I had been spoon-feeding it. Because there were things I was so ashamed of and embarrassed about. So it started on a Monday, and I would say, okay, let me tell you. And then he would say, is that everything? And I would say, yeah. And then here come Tuesday, and that little voice was saying, bitch, it's not everything, and you can't free yourself. And then Tuesday came, and I said, okay, I got a little more to tell you. And then he would say, okay, is that it? And I said, yeah, that's it. And God damn it, here come Wednesday. It took me about seven. God, they say it took them seven days yeah. to create the shit, okay? Come on. Okay, seven days is a seven. seven is an important goddamn number. It took me seven days. So on that final day, he looked at me and we sat on the floor in that closet. And he said, Mama, is that everything? And I said, Daddy, that's everything. And it was exhausting. Because it was like, now I can breathe. Now I don't have to look at this man that I say I love you to knowing that I have a secret. And not so much that it was a secret that it was something that I had did wrong. It was just a secret of shame. And I wanted to say it out loud so that I wouldn't be shameful anymore. 
I just didn't want to be shameful. I didn't want to walk on another stage and feel like I was being fraudulent. And I would always say to Sid, I say, Daddy, I don't want to be a fraud. I don't want to be on those stages saying something that I'm not walking in. Come on, y'all. We're talking about it today. We're talking about it. Do you have somebody to talk to, Mama? What you want to talk about now? Come on, say it. Shit, I said I want to talk about something about five minutes ago. You know I'm menopausal. What the fuck was I going to say? Oh, God damn it. But but you hit on the points. Because I think one of the things I was going to say was, as a child, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Strict rules and regulations. And they always told us, just give it to God. Well, I would go and give it to God. But the problem was in never leaving because it seemed like I needed to talk to a human being. And you touched on that, baby, when you said you wanted to look at the person in the face and in the eyes and have them look back at you. Same thing. And when you talk about getting it out talking, I love it when my husband talks to another man because it makes my life better. Mm-hmm. Because another man can see what I couldn't get across. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to advise him and he'll come home better to me. And the same thing when I talk to a woman, mm-hmm. I get it out. Yes, and then ma'am. I'm coming home and I'm a better wife to him. Come on, y'all. Come on. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. Do you have somebody to talk to? Let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Thanks to Jesus and his daddy. Lord, I finally made it through. <laughs> this is Kalia Johnson calling from Enterprise, Florida. Baby, you don't even understand. I'm trying to hold back the tears here in your voice. <laughs> oh. I am so happy. I finally made it through. Oh, my God. First, let me say I love you. I love you. I love you. And I love you some more. Mm. I love you, baby. And this topic today, Mom, when I tell you it touched me, I said, you know what? God know I have something to say. He's going to let his big mouth baby make it through the day. <laughs> Mom. When I first met you, you were the first person that I had opened my mouth to to tell the things that I felt about what I was going through with my mother. Before meeting you, I had told no one. I had so many friends that had beautiful relationships with their mothers, and they would go out to mother-daughter luncheons. They would do so many things, and I would pretend that I had those same things with my mom, but I didn't. And I kept that in. I kept it close to myself because, again, we were all taught, you know, whatever goes on in this house stays in this house. We were raised with that. Because of that, I have learned not to do that with my children. And you know you have things you don't want your children to tell other adults or tell other people. So I've learned that if there are things I don't want my children to tell, there are things that my children should not witness. There are things that I should not let them bear witness to or let them hear. So I don't have to tell them and preach to them those same things and allow them to talk. Mm-hmm. When I began to talk more and I began to doors open for me, and if they didn't open for me, they opened for someone else who heard my story, I realized I could talk to anyone. There was no such thing as, this is my business, keeping your business to yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's all God's business. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start talking, and I don't care who listens and who doesn't listen. I talk on social media. I talk on Periscope. I talk on Facebook. I have gone to Facebook and told my stories of my childhood and my family. I have my, When I tell you I've never received so many phone calls from my family in one day, <laughs> the first time I went to Facebook and I began to talk about what I went through with my mother's addiction and the things that I went through with my siblings, I got a thousand phone calls. Why are you telling that? Why are you saying that? Why would you go on social media and tell all these folks your business? The people who tell you not to talk, the people who want you to keep things quiet, are only the people that play a part in your story that they're ashamed of. Come on. So you cannot let their shame become your shame. You can talk about whatever it is that you have going on with people that end of the day, it's God's business, and it is a leap. It is a leap, and it is you moving forward and not holding yourself back. Whatever you hold in, hold back. Mm. So when you want to move forward in life, when you want your shoulders to feel a little lighter, you have to talk. 
I can talk to a complete stranger, and it does not matter to me whether they're able to help me or whether they're not. I have helped myself by telling my story. You have to tell your truth, even if it means that you expose somebody else's. Not everybody is ready for your truth. Not everybody is ready for their truth to be exposed, because the truth of the matter is a lot of people's truth play a part in yours. So if you have a parent that wasn't capable or, or had the ability to parent you or to love you the way that you wanted to be loved or that you needed to be loved, that's your truth that you weren't loved that way, but it's their truth also that they did not love you that way. So they're not ready for their truth to be exposed, and that's okay. But you don't let that hold you back. You know, Kalia, let me just let y'all know who this baby is. When we were doing Monique's Fat Chance, and we had um, the open call in Florida. And this beautiful baby was standing in that line. And when she opened her mouth, the smile on her face was just breathtaking. And she's very chocolately dark. Like it looked like you can wipe her face and just get a chocolate bar with a deep, dark chocolate. And when she began to talk, she didn't talk like a victim. She talked as a matter of fact. And that's why I selected her. Because she talked, she said, this is what it is. And you had a little boy. She had a little I boy. I did. Yes, she had her little baby. And she was like, I need this for my baby. And she was just matter of fact. I'm like, look, girl. Because at the time, she was a little girl. Mm -hmm. I said, little girl, <laughs> let's roll and do this. So when I hear you speak so confidently and so sharp right now, I just want to say we're proud of you, baby, and keep going. Keep doing it. Thank you. We love you, honey. I love you guys, too. All right, my sweetness. Take care. Oh, baby. We're talking right. about it today. We're talking about it. Do you have somebody to talk to, Daddy? Do you have somebody to talk to? And I... I I'm glad that I do have someone to talk to and yourself and the, the friends that I have and in myself. And, you know, sometimes we, again, forget about ourselves. And you've got to have that conversation with you sometimes when before you're having that conversation with that confidant because you've got to make sure that you're telling your confidant the real shit, mm. not just what you think that they need to hear so they can say what's going to be what we believe to be on our side. We want to be on the side of right, not our side, because the side of right has been around far longer than our side mm. has been around. So when we do that, it at least allows the people that we are weighing things in and out with the opportunity to give real advice to the real situation, not advice that's been slighted to make it look like you were right. Cause see, my my baby, she she she'll she'll be like said, you you supposed to be on my side. And numerous times during the year I'm like I am, that's why I'm telling your ass <laughs> that shit is wrong. Okay. I am on your side, okay? <laughs> but it's like it's a blessing to have um, someone like we, we discussed that since you were 14, you've talked about things like best friends, then sisters, then and brothers, then because uh, uh, my wife will sometimes say to me, girl, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> And she then she'll stop and be like, you know what? That's when you know we close. When I be just like, girl, <laughs> nigga, <laughs> did you see that nigga? Yes. Nigga, did you see that? Yes. It's my wife right there now. Yes, because, because the foundation is friendship. Yes. And, you know, we'll even have to catch ourselves now because I'll slip up and be like, bitch, let me tell you something. <laughs> And I'll be like, oh, shit. Oh, daddy. Oh. But we understand. Yes. Or he'll be talking like, yo, this. And because we've been that for so long, there's no offense taken. And just off on a side note, daddy, we've been taught to be so offended. Mm -hmm. 
We've been taught to be fucked up at everything. Like, did he just call you a bitch? Let me tell y'all something. If your man ain't never called you a bitch, you ain't in a real relationship. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought that was for the bedroom. Where that go If your man right, ain't never in the called you a bitch, you ain't in a real relationship. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I had to throw it in right. right. You got to come strong with it, Mr. Dennis. Yeah. Now... now? <laughs> Do you? Do you? I messed up the flow. <laughs> no, you didn't. Do you have someone to talk to? Because it can literally save your life. Somebody said, calling me a bitch under his breath, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to say it out loud wow. so she can hear. Oh, bitch, go on with yeah. that. Yes. And she'd be like, all right, then. Yes, and I've had to say that. I've had to say, I've had to catch myself, baby, because I, like, bitch, you know when I'm, I'm, I'm being that, and I need to behave myself. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, sisters, and I want, I'm going to let a 68-year-old woman tell you what it's like to be called a bitch in the bedroom. So we, as these younger women, we understand the goals we got to get to. Talk on. on her, mama. Oh, baby. Talk on her. My husband just turned 71 last month. Tell him. And he's still fucking. Oh, now. now, now we ain't fucking, but every other month, but oh, we fuck. Okay, then that's now, what now shit. Now you <laughs> heard it here on Monique and Sydney's open relationship. Okay, now when you seventy one and sixty eight, and that's what you say, you not gonna tell me about all these cats thumping the Bible in they 20, 30, 40. When the seventy year olds and sixty year, that's permission. That is a lease on life. That this is how people think, and this is where you can come to get some real ass conversation. Come on. Okay? Now. Come to the barbecue, or you can go to the opera. Sometimes you gotta go to the opera, but we having barbecues over here now. That's hey, hey, y'all. I want them people on Periscope to see this man. Let that's me see him. Good. Let me see him, mama. Let me turn we around. We need him to stand behind you. Y'all ready to see Mr. Dennis? Look at that. Bam. Hey, y'all. Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still fucking. Look at that. Look. Look. Okay. Just so you know what fucking at 71 and 68 oh, look like. Get that. Okay? Get that. Oh, oh get that. Oh. Get that. Oh, pump him on the back. Pump him on the back. Pump him on the back. And they've been here long enough. They've been here long enough to not be offended by that word. How can that be? Oh. They, 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 she went to church. Mr. Dennis gone to church. And how can they not be offended and then speak so outrightly and say that they be fucking? Yes. Okay? How can that be? How can that be? How can that be? In the name. Okay? It's because they had someone to talk to. And they feel comfortable now being able to allow one another to be who they are. Accepting. How they are through conversations. So when we are able to have these conversations like we're having right now, you can always feel comfortable in being yourself. Come on, you know. Thank you. Now I gotta tell y'all so y'all understand me and this woman's relationship. And I told y'all about it before, but the first time I saw on stage. And Mr. Dennis walked up to the stage, and she said to the audience, y'all see my fine husband? Yes, we still fucking. I said, I love her. <laughs> I love her. I love her. Love her. You want to take one more, baby? Let's take it, sugar. Shit, this is the kind take of show I call. like. Come on, now. Hey, baby, you're on Monique and Sydney, Mr. Dennis, and Queen Cookie. Come on. Who's this and where you calling from? Sean calling from D.C. Hey, Sean from D.C., how are you? Wonderful, sugar. How you doing? Um, um, I've had better days. Uh, okay, well, talk to us. Um, it's it's interesting that this is your topic today. Um, I've been talking to some friends. I um, been dealing with depression for a long time. Uh, you know, see me through two failed marriages, uh, <laughs> lost friends, all that kind of stuff. And I've been, you know, I have been seeing a therapist, and things were going well. And I lost my job. I got another job. Insurance doesn't take care of the therapist. I don't really trust a lot of folks, so I'm, I don't know about, you know, having to rebuild, uh, reestablish another relationship with somebody. I talk to my friends, but then I don't talk a lot because I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, I don't want to be overbearing and kind of like project my problems on the people. And it's just, it's just kind of overwhelming sometimes. And I. And I heard what Sydney said about, you know, talk to yourself, but I don't know that I trust myself to say the right things to myself. Mm -hmm. So 
it just becomes difficult sometimes. And it's just like, like this, I went to bed fine last night. I woke up this morning in like a panic attack. And I ended up having like to call out from work. And then I got depressed because I didn't go to work. And it's just like, it's just overwhelming. <laughs> it's just overwhelming sometimes. And you just don't really know what to do. And I really don't even know why I called. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just needed to say that. You just needed to say that. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. And that's the benefit of conversation because when you can say that, then you run into someone else who can say the exact same thing that you're saying. And then what you start realizing is that there's not a problem that you could have that someone else doesn't have. And sometimes just knowing that you are not alone, that allows a level of freedom to say, well, what I'm doing or experiencing is not specific in unto me. It is because I exist inside of myself, but when I open up, then people are sharing with me because what I've now allowed people to know is I'm not perfect. And there's something to be said about those who allow others to know their vulnerabilities because what they're not is a threat and what you'll find yourself is being more so in a position because who really that's evolved to some degree wants to be the one that people are intimidated by. But when sometimes we create this false aura of perfection, that's what takes place. But when you create an aura of this is who I am, I'm going to make some mistakes. I've got some good things going on then you find that you've allowed the room to be that much looser. The room is that much looser because you're there. It's that much more comfortable because you're not the one putting on airs, pretending as if you've got it all together when that's not what it is. And then you'll find that others will say the same thing that you're saying, and now you're surrounded by people who initially you thought were so different from you but you find out how similar you actually are. And despite the specifics of what you're concerned, that they may be different, the fact that we have concerns as people are all the same. Mm. So the only thing you can do is keep working your plan. If you don't know what to say to yourself, as long as you're here, your job is to keep working towards figuring out how to make it work for you because there's no more valiant project in this world than you, especially as it pertains to you. So do what you need to do to create the value that you would like to have in yourself because it's right there inside of you. Y'all, we want to thank you, my sweet sister, and thank you for being the last caller, my baby. Thank you. And sis, she's still here. You know... It's up to you. It is up to you. It is up to you to make you better. So we hope that in you calling in, and if you get a chance, listen to the previous shows. Go back as far as you can and just take some time to really listen. Because just like yourself, there are callers that were calling in, some dealing with depression, some dealing with just trying to make it to the next day. Just listen to the shows and you'll understand you're not alone. And try I to. I actually, I discovered y'all a few weeks ago and I listened to every show. <laughs> Wonderful, baby. Well, we appreciate, I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. And, and, don't, and don't hesitate to go online and find places where people are just gathering around having conversation because it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical doctor talking to you. Sometimes it's just support groups that where you have people that are experiencing the same things as you. And we oftentimes be like, I ain't trying to go to no support group. I ain't. And all these people come telling me that problem. Listen, those are the people that will help you save your life, and you never know where you're going to get it from. So just keep on trying to get it. We love you, baby. For free. And I love y'all back. Thank you. Thank you, my love. Y'all, we talked about it today. Do you have someone to talk to? And we want to thank y'all for talking to us. We want to thank Queen Cookie, Mr. Dennis. 
for Very letting much. us know what 68 and 71 Come on. look like. How Come you on. get down with the get. That's what's up. Oh, baby. So we want to thank y'all, baby, because y'all could have been doing anything else. Thank you for each ear, each heart, and each mind. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. <laughs> thank love you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.